0: Hello and welcome to the 22nd episode of Korea Startup Podcast. Today we have with us Sharon and Carol from PIKI. Hello, how are you?
1: Hey guys, I'm Carol Campos, product and operations lead at PIKI. Hey guys, I'm Sharon. I'm a software developer at PIKI.
0: Okay, and we also have Lida, our co-host, like always. So maybe you can start explaining what's picky. We already featured picky once in one episode, Ji-ho Lee, the CEO. And now he was really insisting to bring their employees because they have like a really special uh, experience living in Korea as foreigners. So they are going to explain in this episode how it's for them living here, not only in terms of working, but lifestyle, if they expected what they, they found and all these things. So maybe just like a little introduction of what picky is.
1: Yeah, so Piki started as a skincare app, and now I think we've grown to be way more than that. Our goal now is to bring Korea and the world together, and this start with our company story, I guess, and that's, like, why we are in this podcast right now. Um, Our team is pretty much all foreigner-based or, like, really diverse. We have, like, almost 10 or 11 nationalities now, I don't even know, and... Yeah, our goal was to build, like, a very interesting platform that could show to the world, like, K-Beauty products and other interesting, like, culture things about Korea and, like, how can you come and live here and work here in a happy place. That's mm-hmm. Piki. Wow.
0: <laughs> I hired someone that pitches your company as good as that Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and what, How did you find Picky? Maybe you can both answer.
1: Yeah, I think Sharon's story is much more interesting than mine. But um, yeah, I was already working here in Korea for a while, and I was just trying to to switch my career path. Um, and then I just found an opportunity to be like a customer service agent for Piki. It was like a part-time job. Um, I just found it, I think it was in a Facebook community or somewhere like there. Um, and I applied for it because I was not really looking to, like, work a full-time anymore. It was, like, middle of pandemic. I was just, like, trying to do something as, like, a side job for a while. And this opportunity arise, and I thought, like, mm this could be a good thing. Like, I really like customer service. I have been doing this for a while in, th- in different companies. So, yeah, that's how I applied, and everything worked out.
0: hmm What about you, Sharon?
1: Yeah, and for me, I
2: was working in Israel as a software developer for a lot of years. But I always kind of wanted to try and move to a different country. And Korea was just one of those countries that I was interested in. So I opened LinkedIn. I saw an ad from Piki that they're looking for a software developer. And I already knew the platform because I'm a user myself. So I was, like, using the app, writing reviews for products, and also, like, receiving products to review from brands. So then I just applied, and it kind of worked out, and I got to Korea, and I've been working here since. Mm-hmm.
0: And what was your interest in Korea at that moment? In the m- Wh- what did you like about Korea?
2: So it, it kind of started with... I was watching some K-dramas, and then they mm-hmm. featured skincare products, and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Maybe I should try some. And then from that, it kind of turned into me becoming like a content creator on Instagram and uploading reviews for products. And like, it would have been way easier to find interesting product if I was in Korea. And also, that passion kind of grew to like Korean food and the music and just the culture in general, as well as like wanting to also try learning the language. So it just kind of became an idea that maybe I should move here and see how it goes.
1: And a funny story is that, like, I, as one of the CS agents at Bikki, was one of the first people to receive Sharon's application. (laughs) Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, I think at first you you were just surrounding it and you were just like, hey, I'm a software engineer. Like, do you guys have any positions at Piki? Yeah. I'm interested in working for you guys. And at that time we weren't hiring yet. So <laughs> I just forwarded your message <laughs> to Ji Hong. The moment
2: I saw the opening, I harassed everyone. <laughs> so I sent a lot of emails <laughs> uh, and until and until I got a reply. So
0: <laughs> it worked out. How was, like, because we know that in Korea this visa process is not easy, and some people struggle a lot. I think here we have two different examples, like the opposite. In in your case, Carol, I think it was way more difficult. So can you maybe, like, go through it? How was the process, and how did you manage? Because you have been here in Korea for how many years already?
1: Yeah, so my story is a pretty long one. I have been here for, like, around eight years now. Uh Yeah, and then... I came to Korea initially as like uh, just a tourist you know like I sightsee a bit and stuff and I really liked it so I wanted to give it a shot living here like long term but I was still not sure so I came back once more like during my vacation at work and I stayed for one month during a homestay at that time just like again tourist visa and then I was uh, meeting some people here and, like, making friends and asking them about working culture or, like, how do I find a job in Korea and stuff. And most people just told me, like, if you don't speak Korean, you're never going to find a job. Mm. That was the starting point. So, OK. <laughs> I, I went back to my country. And then um, since then, I was already, like, learning Japanese for a while. I was pretty interested in, like, Asian languages and I got to know Korea as well, and then I started learning Korean. But back there, like I couldn't learn as much as I, I wanted to, so that's why I came here to study Korean for a month during this one, the homestay and um, Korean class thing. And then everybody just told me like, yeah, you really need to know Korean or you'll never get a job, okay. So when I decided I, I wanna move to Korea, that was step number one, okay, I gotta study Korean then so i came first with like the d2 visa which is no sorry it was a d4 visa that one is like the korean language student that's the only thing you do so you go to korean language school and the course is pretty intense actually most people might think like okay it's just like any other language school but um you have to commit at least half a day to it and most of the times all the homework they give you and all all the vocabulary you need to learn. And once the master is insane, so like you have to put up with other hours after school as well. But yeah, I came with that visa. And then from there, I needed to find a way of like getting a job and getting a visa that would work for long term because the D4, you can only have it for two years, I think. You can keep extending it, but the maximum is two years. So I did that, and then um, my visa was expiring, so I started going to all sorts of job opportunity places I could find, like applying online everywhere. But Korea also has a pretty good amount of, like, fairs for students Mm -hmm. and startup fairs and other places that you can just, like, interact with the community network and stuff. So I ended up going to this um, startup fair, It was like a startup job fair or something. And you just sign up and then you can already like book for an interview with the companies. But if you don't book anything, you can still like go around. And um, if they have an empty counter, you can go there and start talking to them. And yeah, I just got to interview um, in one of the startups there. And in the end, like things worked out. But the, the E7, like at least to me, was a little bit scary because... Um, Sharon might tell us her story later and it's a little more straightforward but for me it was like okay I was already here and the company has to commit into doing all the paperwork and applying for you because they need to sponsor you that's what the E7 pretty much is so yeah from there I had an agreement with the CEO so he said okay we're gonna apply for a visa for now like I was still on my D4 so like I could work like part time for a while so he said, okay, so you work for us, and in the meantime, we're going to, like, apply for a visa. If it works, it works, welcome. If it doesn't work, goodbye, that's it, that's how far we're going to go. Mm-hmm. And when you apply for it, it's not like they're going to tell you right away mm-hmm. if it worked or not. So you submit all the documents, and then you got to <laughs> wait for them to tell you, okay, you passed or you failed. And that took, like... Two or three weeks, you know, and I was like, Oh my God, if I don't get this job, then what do I do? You know, like yeah. I have to get it, so in the end, like the waiting was worth it, and the visa was issued, and that was step number one, and then from there, I worked my way all the to like f two which is the point based visa <laughs> that's like long term residency, so a lot of things count, so your Korean ability, your income, like if you participated like if your country participated in the Korean War, if you took like different oh. Korean culture courses, like all sorts of things counting to this point. But so if you have them you can apply. Hmm. Then if you get this one is like one step closer to permanent residency. Yeah, and I think um it was a very long road until here but like
3: definitely worth it. But yeah. yeah. It sounds like a complex process, definitely. Yeah. Uh, was there someone helping or supporting you in order to supply or, like, like uh, submit all these papers?
1: No. So I decided to go on the hard route, I guess, uh-huh. of doing it all myself. Um, but there is a huge community, like, online. Facebook yeah. has several groups of people that, like, have kind of streamlined how to do some things and they're always up to date on when the paperwork changes or when the the visa regulations change. So this is one good starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, there is also many visa agencies that can help you out, but like some of them are very costly, and yeah. like, yeah, you, you really need to see like if that's worth it, especially depending on the visa you're trying to apply for. And I mean depending on where you're coming from too, like if you're from an English speaking country, then starting with like a like a English teacher kind of visa might be a easier way to come in and stay and be like a solid life financially or like just be stable and then you can work your visa yeah. ladder <laughs> from there. But um, also coming as a student, like as a D2, this is something that I didn't do because I already, um, I was already graduated from school. And I didn't want to do a master at that point. But if you come as like a regular student, like D2, um, you have many more opportunities, I think. Especially now, like Korea is investing a lot into um, benefiting people that come to study in Korea. Especially if you get any scholarship, they really try to settle you in and like connected to some companies at least like for a couple of years before um you you leave so that's also a pretty good route i think Mm.
0: cool and in your in your cage sharon how was it
1: yeah i
2: think mine was (laughs) really different (laughs) because i i didn't want to come to korea until i would get the visa i was kind of worried to like come to the country also quit my other job and then suddenly like not really get the visa so I applied and did everything from Israel and like in picky uh, the CEO helped me so he sent all the documents he got like a visa agency to do everything from Korea so I would send documents to Korea and then they would tell me if they're good or not and what I need to change I think the most uh, stressful thing was I had to translate everything to English Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. It's like a kind of like annoying process, bureaucratic process. But in the end, once I sent everything and everything was good, I did get a response in like about a week that I got the E7. That's fast. And that's the, yeah, that's the professional Mm. like one. And I just now renewed it for another year, which also was actually pretty fast. It took like a few days to get like the response. So it's very, very Uh different. I think... If I was younger, I might have well, I might have just come to Korea. Actually, if I didn't have like a really good job in Israel, but I think just because of that, I was kind of like more
3: hesitant. But yeah, the process was very different. Mm-hmm. And for you, Sarah, when you were coming already to work in Piki, it was your first time uh, landing in Korea, right?
2: Yes. <laughs> so I was supposed to come to Korea actually. Like a year before that, Hmm. but because of, or like two years before, but because of COVID, like everything fell apart. So, and then Korea didn't really accept people still. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I should just move here. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) why that was the solution. But because of COVID, I couldn't really like visit Korea. So I just And how were the
3: impressions? Like, did it match with your expectations in general? Or like, how was this shocked? So... Actually, my expectations were
2: pretty low, I think, because mm-hmm. a lot of people I don't know why I landed in that like side of TikTok or whatever, but like a lot of people would really talk badly about like how it is to be a foreigner in Korea and I mean, there are issues that I noticed when I came here. I expected to be way lonelier and work to be more stressful and like a lot of things, but in the end of the day, the community that I kind of landed into with the people at Piki was so nice. It's kind of like a lot of people that came to Korea because they love this country. Everyone has the same common like interest in Korea. And I think kind of being around everyone that did the same effort to come here and learn the language and love the food, love the culture. Mm. It's kind of like, I felt more f- that I fit in more than like at home in that sense. So in terms of like loneliness, I didn't feel that. The language is difficult, it is an issue, and I felt it right away when I came here, it was like, you cannot, it's pretty hard to communicate with Korean people if you don't really know the language, or if they haven't lived abroad at some point in mm-hmm. their life, because then they're more comfortable with English, maybe. But there's so many positives, too, that I think kind of like overcame that part, so...
0: And I think like normally a lot of people when they want to come to Korea it's because they saw like these K-dramas or they like K-beauty and stuff. But, K-pop. Yeah, K-pop <laughs> or, or, all these things. But those are things that are not in the day-to-day life of a person who comes to, to live to Korea. So how, do you think there are many people that come to Korea and then they realize that, okay, this is not what I imagine and, and they don't like it?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think uh, a lot of people feel... Like, they want to live in Korea because of what's shown to them, like, in the dramas. Yeah, they think they're going to see
0: BTS in the the street or something. Yes. (laughs) So,
1: that that one is actually a really funny story. When I was um, learning Korean in Brazil, I think, like, I don't know, half of my class, the people were always like, oh, I, I really want to learn Korean and I really want to learn, like, how to write in Korean, to write a letter to, like, my opa or, like, to whoever was, like, their favorite K-pop star at the moment. And, I mean, even to me, to at, at, up to a point, like, I really wanted to come to Korea because of, like, how I thought the culture was and part of it was what I know from the dramas. Um, I already had been here once, so I kind of knew what to expect for some parts of it, and also I grew up in Sao Paulo in Brazil, and, like, there is a huge community of, like, Japanese people there, so it's not like I was totally unaware of, like, how um, Asian cultures go, like, how people behave overall, like, there is this sense of collectiveness that it's kind of different, especially if you're coming, like, from the U.S., Um, but... I mean, there is a part of it that I always seemed much more magical in the dramas, but in the end like I kinda of feel that everything is true up to a point. It's just like a little bit prettier and more colorful. But overall, like even on the dramas right, they always show like people working late or like having um like I don't know, riding like a like a crowded subway or like, you know, having to eat in a rush somewhere like you know things like day-to-day things that are a little bit more like comical or like expressed in a big way but overall i think everything is here it's just a more like the, the more you get used to it more it becomes like a a day-to-day life like in any other place you know there's not not any like oh magical thing like korea is like ah oh, so like the most fantastic place where everything's different it's not like it's Commonplace, everybody works, everybody lives um there is happy things there is like bad bad things too, so like it's just uh a pretty interesting place to be I think
0: hmm and in terms of like uh because you were mentioning uh working habits and stuff like mm-hmm. that, there is like um image of Korea that is like super hard and you have to work a lot in your case, you're working in a startup and it's like an international more or less a startup so I guess it's, it's a bit different from a big corporate. But in your experience and by the people that you know, until which point do you think this is true compared to your own countries?
1: Well, I think this also really depends on the company you're working for and also, like, what sector it is um, and what you're trying to achieve as well. Um, I only worked for startups pretty much here in Korea. Mm -hmm. But... um, they were all very, very different in many ways. Like, so one of them was more, like, tech science focused. And then I worked for a social venture. And now Piki, I would say, is more like a beauty tech kind of company. So all of them were completely different environments. So the first one was more, I think, I would say the, the style that, like, people imagine it to be. Like, mm-hmm. we were really trying to make this, like, very particular product bloom And it was very difficult to introduce this to, like, the regular public. So there was a lot of work to do. And we need to really show a lot of, like, really impressive results in a really short time. So I would say, like, there was a lot of um, demand from, like, the, I don't know, C-level. On, like, have us really work hard to have results. So, like, working hours were really long in a sense um and people just have like this culture you know like okay so if they if I know that I'm kind of required to be here for a long time then like let me just plan my day ahead so like I'll work from like I don't know 8 to to 9 p.m or something and then at the same time that it, you've, I, I personally felt this rush because I, I'm not this type of person I don't like just extending my day at work just because if mm-hmm. i don't feel like i'm gonna be more effective or like come up with better results i would rather do it in my regular time and then just work my like best at that time so for me that one was a little bit difficult to adapt to you know there was like a lot of days that are like but why why is everybody staying this late you know like doesn't make sense mm-hmm. if we just concentrated more for like shorter period of time maybe we wouldn't have the same result you know or something so this was a bit difficult for me especially in vacation time for me like that one was the biggest thing because um back in brazil like by default you get one month if you're just i mean a regular like office worker right um after one year of working usually you are required to get like one month of vacation and People tend to, like, just take it entirely, like, together. You don't take, like, one day here or there. You just take an entire month, you know. And then here in Korea, you have um, 12 days on your first day, of on your first year. Wow. And usually nobody takes, like, 12 days in That's a row. You wow. just take, like, one day here, one day there, or maybe two or something. And if you take too many, depending on the company culture, they will be, like,
3: are you what crazy?
1: Are you <laughs> like, are you, like, are you leaving <laughs> your job you know Uh so for me that one in the beginning specifically was really hard um especially because i wanted to plan to go visit my family or you know just leave korea for a certain period of time and i i always felt like i couldn't do it in a way like maybe i could if i was bold but like i didn't want to be perceived as like a bad employee or something Mm -hmm. from my my bosses so yeah i think this one was the most shocking
0: and how is it to work with other Koreans? Is there any difference between them and the other international people that are in your team?
1: Um, I think at Peaky, everybody has kind of like a global mindset. So mm-hmm. there is not too much of a difference. Um, and because everybody can easily communicate in English, even if you are communicating in Korean. Let's say I, I don't know how to say something in Korean. I can just easily switch to English and everybody will keep going the same way Mm. but depending on the company and like depending on how like traditional say that people are or like what's their background then if you don't speak Korean then that might be a pretty big language barrier um I mean you can get the job done but sometimes like you feel that you're not understanding the entire picture of what you need to do mm-hmm. so I mean if you're okay with that and you're just doing like a very like more basic test that's fine but I think like if you for example my position right now right like that I need to make more like high level decisions if I how can I make those decisions and if I don't understand like half of like what's the direction of the company or where we're going and things like this so in the beginning for me like that was the most difficult part in korea like if i had to understand everything in korean i felt like maybe 30 percent of the content was being lost in the in lost in translation or something so um i think that's one part of piki that for me I, it's really great that like if we don't understand like I mean we are 100% English company now but I know that if I had to express myself in English or if I had to hear it from somebody else in English like that can happen and everything's fine so that's the part is great um, in other companies like there, there's people that they're gonna re- really try hard to talk to you and be understood and try to understand you but I feel like a lot of the times there's a lot of things that get lost mm-hmm. in the middle and there's this kind of struggle to try to communicate and people get anxious and you get nervous about it and you want to not make mistakes. So um, I think that's a part that is kind of hmm. yeah complex.
0: And what about these things, like, uh, in Korea, there is... Um, I, I've also noticed it because I've searched for some job applications and sometimes they ask you to for, like, the MPTI or for your blood type or, or even when you are dating, like, in a dating app or something like that. How, what is this? Like, what what does this happen and what it means for Koreans, these type of things?
1: <laughs> the MPTI one, I, I don't know. Thankfully, my... My last job application was before MBTI was a thing in Korea uh-huh. because according to it my MBTI is the don't hire this person kind of MBTI. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. I would not disclose it here so like <laughs> 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 Yeah, just joking, but yeah, I think um nowadays even these job applications are changing a lot. I think maybe bigger companies still like um require this more um Standardized kind of like a curriculum or resume, but I think for startups it's more free. You just send like Mm -hmm. whatever you want, and like yeah, people are gonna be fine with it. But like Korea has this very specific way of like writing a traditional resume that you have to like tell them your background and stuff. But some of them you must include like your parents' background too, like oh Oh, what your like yeah what what were their jobs and stuff like this and other. Yeah, family members and then when you arrive for the interview sometimes they give you another form where you have to fill out like other information i never got anything about like mbti mm. or blood type but i had to <laughs> or i had but i had to put there like how many soju bottles i could drink mm-hmm. in a night oh, yeah
0: oh my god
1: <laughs> and i was like if i put like how zero are, or, or, or am i gonna, gonna be judged be <laughs> <laughs> <You>
0: know, <like laughs> how many did you put
1: i put like One and a half.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And how many can you actually?
1: Uh, Like, I don't know, in a good day, maybe one. But that's already, like, I'll be really messed up on the next day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's another whole topic. Like, alcohol in the business world in Korea. Like, business dinners is Mm -hmm. such a thing here. I actually love it. But (laughs) it's true that for the people who don't like it, it can be a huge insecure and it can be a huge problem.
1: I think it's not even about, like... Liking or not liking to drink, it's more about like having to keep up with the expectations Mm -hmm. of everyone else around you. Uh Like, let's say if you're in an important meeting and, like, I don't know, the other person is kind of like wanting to drink more and like you're past your limit. If you're just like, oh, I don't want it, you might make them like their feelings feel bad. And like, if it's something that you want to get, a good impression of yourself to the person. You don't want to do it, but then you keep drinking and then you get really <laughs> wasted and but you still like need to look nice and talk <laughs> nice, so like everything becomes really difficult. Yeah, for sure.
0: And in your case, Sharon, do you like it or
1: <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's
2: interesting because in picky because it's more of a western, mm. I guess, company in Seoul. It's not like you don't really feel pressure when we do it. So when we go, when we do the company dinners, there will be alcohol, probably. Mm-hmm. But it's like everyone can just drink how, how mm-hmm. much they want. So, but that's why I think, Carol, you had more experience of like actual, like the pressure from Korean companies to kind of like, you have to keep up. Because we don't have that, thankfully. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, think for me. It is me, nice though.
1: Yeah, I think for me, like it's more difficult when it's not like with people there, you're just like interacting every day. It's more like, okay, let's go to this business meeting and the business meeting ends in a dinner and mm-hmm. this dinner ends in like a second round in a bar. Round, <laughs> so... hero,
0: oh my god, first round, second round, third round you never know when you're to finish. Yeah,
1: and, and the problem is like you never feel like you can just say okay I'm done like uh-huh. that's enough for me, let me go home now. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes especially if you're an introvert, giving a hint of my MBTI here um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like if you're an introvert like the third round of like norebang it's <laughs> like the killer you're already like <laughs> drunk and you're like oh my god i just want to go home i don't want to be forced <laughs> to sing anything but you know that you're gonna be forced to sing something <laughs> That's horrible. <isn't> <laughs> so, like, yeah and the, and the thing is like for for koreans i feel like this is um kind of a normal thing to like just go norebang everything so people just have this culture of like okay i'm gonna go practice i have my go-to song you know the song that i will sing the best or something but for me i was like i was like i don't know what to sing like what song's gonna be good you know so yeah this is funny but our our team members have their go-to songs too right
2: yeah (laughs) i mean i i I do think maybe that's why it's kind of nice at picky because we do get to experience that like that side i guess but like not the that, that side of it. extreme, no. We, uh-huh. like, we, d- we do that, but we can say when we want to leave. And, like, <laughs> yeah. we can't go to <laughs> Norebang, get everyone together, and, like, do all that stuff. But, like, yeah, we have, like, the choice to decide if we want to stay or not. So it's, like, so it's just fun, like, when we do that. Mm. And, yeah, we do have our Norebang songs. Yeah, I think songs. it's...
1: it's <laughs> yeah, that, that's <laughs> definitely fun. I think overall, like, this is the most interesting thing about Korea. Like, it just changed so quickly. Like society-wise culture-wise everything like in from like maybe two years ago to now um there is so many huge changes and I think like this traditional like rules of business and stuff this is also definitely changing um a lot of the startups friends that we have around and like given um on the same building and there are so many different offices i don't feel like anybody has like the same pressure as like more traditional companies had in the past you know like this is something that they're not doing anymore like forcing people to drink or like stay and sing and dance or something yeah
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we touched many points in the business-wise of uh, Korea. Now let's go into the personal life in Korea. How do you live here? How do you entertain yourself? How do you make friends? And then these little things of Korea that are super annoying that are like <laughs> the alien card or like the, the trash or this type of little things that until you don't come here, you don't know what it is. And it seems nothing, but it's actually a pain in the ass. So... Do you like Korea to live?
1: Yeah, I think uh, for me, if I had to choose like one reason to stay in Korea, it's definitely more on like life side than work. I feel like work nowadays. Korea is getting to the same standards as many other countries. But just, like, daily life-wise, it's so convenient in many ways. I think, like, just at least in Seoul specifically, mm-hmm. like, you can get the subway everywhere. Like, uh, 40 minutes take you pretty much all around town, right? So that's super convenient. Even traveling around, if you like, like, knowing new places, like, a train ride will take you to any place in Korea in maybe, like, five hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Yeah, I went
0: to the beach, like, in a, in a train, <laughs> like, for one euro. Right. Like 1000 ones
1: yeah so those kind of uh, interesting like cultural programs and benefits are also like pretty impressive I would say so these are great there are things that depending on where you come from you're not too used to for example the trash sorting mm. can be desperating but I <laughs> but I also think it depends on like each each neighborhood as well i learned that they have different um, that's the rules. main
0: problem that there is yeah. not like a standardized no thing one that actually you can learn knows
1: yeah. fully like how to do it yeah. yeah maybe
0: you can explain more or less what's what's the issue with the trash
1: well the first issue is like there is i mean it's not an issue i think it's interesting that it it exists this way because it could it can be like cleaner mm-hmm. but just like it, it sometimes it can be so complicated so there is three types of trash right like regular trash recyclables and food trash that's the basic and the most difficult thing is like one how do i know if this is recyclable or if this is regular trash (laughs) and 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 sometimes it is but you just don't know like for example okay i have this Mm. this piece of like plastic like a container or something from something i got from like a food right Mm. and it's kind of dirty yeah is this recyclable Like, if I wash it and everything comes off and it looks clean, is this recyclable or is should trash because it's kind of greasy, you know? Um, this is kind of funny. And then figuring out if something is food trash or not, that's also another yes. challenge. And I kind of feel like they, they decide to change their rule every year or so because, yeah, you know, some things I could swear they were food trash. And then when I went to search, they are mm-hmm. not. I think uh, th- this is really crazy because sometimes, like, for example, okay, um, fish bones are not food trash, right? They're supposed to be regular, but fish meat is food trash. <laughs> and then let's say I have this whole fish in my fridge and it gets spoiled. Oh, no, what then do Then what do I do? Do I just throw the whole fish in the regular trash? Do I have to separate it and oh throw God. the bone away? And, the you know, <laughs> yeah. So I had a funny story at first that, I had to call a friend to ask, like, oh, is Topoki, like the Korean rice cakes, is this is this food trash? And my friend was like, yeah, why wouldn't it be food trash? And I was like, I don't know. I heard that they feed the animals with this, and I didn't know if they could eat
0: Topoki because it's spicy. You know? <laughs> and then he's like, you're funny. I I mean, everything know. in Korea is spicy, so I guess <laughs> yeah. the pigs are used to that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And then there is this this other issue like there are no trash bin containers like mm-hmm. in other countries of of Europe I don't know how it's in Israel and in Brazil but here you just need to put it on the street and they will pick it up I still don't know if we are supposed to put them on the street at a specific dates or just whenever you want I still don't know.
3: There is in the bag. The information comes in the bag. Yeah, in the bag in Korea. But also you need to have a specific bag. You ah, specific to, bag. Yeah. You need to eat oh, yeah, no, not
0: yeah. every bag. And then the bags are pretty expensive. And also yeah. some of them are super small. Like, literally. <laughs> so uh, the confused. other day, <laughs> I went to buy trash uh, bags. trash bags. Mm. And I bought the five liters once on accident. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, like, 1,000 little bags there to put, I don't know, like an onion or something. Because nothing else fits. <laughs>
2: I had the opposite thing. Because, like, uh, at first I stayed in... I stayed somewhere. And it's, like, around that area, there's a lot of restaurants or something. So I think... Because of that, or I don't know what's the reason exactly, the only bags you can get are 75-liter bags.
0: Oh, I wonder. <laughs> so yeah. I
2: had to, like...
0: Can we, the can we change th- the bag? <laughs> <laughs>
2: First thing i had to learn like when i came was how to ask for a trash bag in korean Uh but also when he kind of showed it to me i didn't realize those like sizes so you have to like ask the size because he just showed it and i was like yeah yeah perfect i take it it's like the size of myself and then i had to use the same trash for like a month because it's just 75 liters it's huge
0: So So it uh, smells, I haven't bad, no? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, like
2: I had to throw it like so empty
1: all the time. And the 75 liter one is expensive though. I think you probably pay like $10 for that bag. That's the
2: only one you could get there. It's it's so crazy.
0: Uh And what about the fact that without an alien card, you are not a human being in Korea? Can we talk about that?
1: I I have a different opinion about it. I'm really upset that they actually changed it because I thought like this was the funniest thing about being in Korea just call yourself an alien. Like I loved being an alien. I'm kind of sad that I'll have to renew my my visa and I'll probably get the non-alien card. So yeah. Wait, what is that cuz Because now I think they call it resident card or something like that. The name of
2: it, it's like, it used to say... Yeah, it used to
1: say alien registration card. I'm not a alien. When I came, I was (laughs) (laughs) already I'm still an alien, let see. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so the thing is that here in Korea, when you arrive, um, you need to apply for, like, the alien card. That's, like, your ID of Korea. But the thing is that it takes between one and two months, and even sometimes more, for us to, like, Two months and a yes. half. Mm-hmm. And after you don't like before you don't have it, you cannot buy anything online. and mm-hmm. you also or cannot have account. a bank account, you cannot have a f- a phone number. I mean you can have a phone number but just for like a month. Then right. you cannot like you cannot buy like a full package of one year yeah. phone number. Yeah. So there are so many limitations just because a matter of time that it's right. so weird in a such developed country.
1: I think it's also because like Korea Like, went through this crazy, like, cyber security thing Mm. where they really wanted to know who is the person online and what they're doing, right? Because there was a lot of cyber crimes and stuff. Mm. So, I find this quite interesting that, like, in Korea, you can't really have a prepaid. Phone number, or most likely you won't have one because you can't do anything. So you're kind of forced into having a postpaid phone number that is tied to your name, right? and we, your we don't have it
0: yet. <laughs> we are living with prepaid. Right. Yeah. Well, but th- you got we the don't use the, coupon, the card. We don't uh, use yeah. We can the not, card.
1: You Can you even watch YouTube videos?
2: Nothing. <laughs> nothing.
0: We cannot do anything. Yeah. <laughs> you can't.
1: Yeah. You can't even watch YouTube. Like here yeah. you, you have to verify your age once in a while, and yeah. they won't let you watch. Not even like regular stuff. But, yeah, I think overall, like, the issue is not having the alien card itself. It's more having a phone number. So if you can't get the phone number, you can't do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's the biggest uh, problem. And also, like, how um, most, like, major websites, they never accept international cards. You can can pay just fine with international cards, like, on the street, like, on stores and stuff, right? But online, there's, like a handful of sites that I know for sure you can do that. So, yeah, those become...
2: Especially if you can't use coupon. I feel like it's such a, it (laughs) saves so much time because, like, the way, there's not a lot of, like, big supermarkets or maybe there are, but you, like, have to, like, go to them specifically. So usually you would have, like, a lot of convenience stores, but if you need anything more than, like, the basic things, ordering from coupon saves so much time and, like, you cannot get it. Again, if you don't have a phone number and, like, the ARC. Mm. So.
1: Yeah, and I think the issue with, like, the the supermarket is also that as a foreigner, most likely you don't have a car. So, mm. like, how do you do big grocery shopping, right? Like, mm-hmm. you have to carry it all back and it's not like the supermarket is going to be yeah. a block away from your house. Literally, so.
3: we need to take a train to yeah. go to do the groceries somewhere, right. like, to s- supermarket, like, 20, 30 minutes. So, that's really inconvenient. yeah. yeah.
0: And I think we are the only losers in whole Korea that we are with like two bags full of food, like 10 kilograms in each hand, going to buy groceries because everyone buys online, everyone. But we are the only losers. And I think like in Korea, like in Europe, for example, you have supermarkets everywhere and you buy everything there. Mm -hmm. But here in Korea, you have convenience stores, you have markets, you have these like little shops of more like vegetables and fruits and stuff. And then you have the big supermarkets. And it's crazy how the price changes, changes so much from one place yeah. to the other. Like, there's one place that is cheap, the the tuna. Another one is cheap, the the fries. The other one is cheap for the lettuce. It's crazy. So you need, you to, need know to know, like, mm-hmm. where to go for each thing. And you never, you can never buy everything in a single place. It's impossible. Not even in the supermarket. Some things in the market might be way cheaper than in the supermarket. So, like, what? Yeah. yeah.
1: I think a, a good tip for people that are already living here and want to save some money is um, buying on the, on the, how do you call them? Like the street markets in mm-hmm. a sense. Because um, you can save a lot of money. Sometimes not because the price is cheaper, but then they're going to give you more quantity of the same item. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you probably do need to know some Korean special, like if you're going to buy like meat and other like, things that are like not vegetables or fruits but i think it's worth it it's especially like quality wise too you can get some pretty good deals from there and korea has this um vouchers i forgot their name but you can buy them from the post offices that it's like um it's it's just like a regular like Money voucher, and you buy them for like a cheaper price than what they are worth. Sometimes when they are on sale, so let's say you can buy a ten dollar voucher for like nine dollars or something, and then on the marts or the markets you can exchange them for like goods as regular money. So it's a way of saving a little bit here and there.
0: Mm-hmm. I think another tip that we use a lot, and it's not a tip but like one one aspect is that there is one brand that is called No Brand. And all these products of like rice, pasta, and sauces, and things like that are way, 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 Toilet way paper. cheap. <laughs> Toilet paper, true. It's way, way cheaper than any other brand. Like uh, maybe 500 grams of pasta can cost around 3,000 wones. That is like two euros, more or less. And then in no brand, you buy one kilogram for 1,700. So like the price difference is huge. And the quality, I haven't felt any like huge difference. and in the supermarket that we go the e-mart is normally like the last floor the i don't know if it's that's in the all the supermarkets but yeah it's a really good thing
1: yeah the the no brand thing is really funny i i saw it up here in korea actually um and it's kind of interesting because like it's a side brand from e-mart right um and they were trying to make it as, like, the European-style, like, actual no-brand items that, like, that has no packaging. And because of that, you're getting it cheaper. Like, white
0: brand, we call it. Yeah.
1: That. And mm-hmm. then it just literally became a new brand, call it no-brand. And now they have, like, their own huge, huge supermarkets. They're yeah. just, like, fully no-brand supermarket as well. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. They are very cheap, though. Their chocolate is decent. <laughs> or <laughs> or like, I don't know how much is that, probably like seven seventy cents,, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah it's like
0: super good price, yeah, and then, how do you have fun in Korea? What are the things that you do? How is the club in uh, aspect of Korea if you do club,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> or like hang out or like going to drink, karaoke, all this stuff. What do you like the most?
2: yeah, well, I would say for me, it's probably the karaoke, I mean. It's a good way to practice Korean because you kind of have to like, keep up with the, like, with the song. But also it's really fun. It's like a nice way to kind of distress. I think the first time I went was like we went on a company trip to Jeju. And then we went like at night to the Nolibang. And like ever since then, we've been going out a lot, like people from work. So it's a really nice way to kind of spend your time here, I would say, as well as going to Han River for picnic. It's a really, really nice thing to do like after work
1: yeah uh for me when i had more time i used to go to a lot of meetups as well Mm -hmm. um nowadays like i think the pandemic killed a lot of them i think they're slowly coming back now but um the ones i see nowadays there's a lot of like language exchanges one but before there was a lot of like
0: and they charge you like, these ones that are nowadays, they charge you to go. Oh, yeah. Before, I think, the yeah, I think they Yeah, I
1: think before, really it mean. was all free. And they had some really interesting stuff. Like, there was board game meetups. Like, um, go to have a picnic at Hangang and, like, play some, like, music or something. Yoga classes. Like, all sorts of things. And those were really fun. It was a pretty nice way of, like, meeting new people. And a way of, like, mingle between, like, Koreans and foreigners. Uh, because Koreans have all their types of like, websites and place where you can find gatherings too. But as a, as a foreigner, it can be really overwhelming sometimes because you sign up and then you show up and then everybody else is Korean and they look at you like, oh, it's this foreigner. <laughs> like, oh my God, we have to speak English now. And then everybody gets nervous and yeah, it can be difficult. Um, so I think meetups is a way of like finding the common ground because um, mm. like those the Koreans joining these meetups they are also like interested in meeting foreigners like speaking um, some English and you can even find like some ways to language exchanging meetups that are not focused mm-hmm. on that you know so it becomes more casual I think
0: mm. yeah I think you mentioned before this huge difference between. Koreans that haven't been living abroad and Koreans Mm -hmm. that have been living abroad uh, I think it's something that you can tell just by looking at them, like it's really easy to notice and because of how they interact, like they are more open to foreigners especially so how difficult is for you to make friends, Korean friends that haven't been living abroad, were you able to make some and how is the type of relationship, friendship relationship Uh, if you want to talk also about dating, feel free
2: (laughs) (coughs) Yeah, I I, w- I wasn't able to make friends with, like, Korean person that didn't live abroad. Like, the ones I did make are ones that have lived abroad at some point. I have met some that didn't in, like... I would say, like, a good way to also meet people is, like, Bumble BFF here. Mm. So, like... But I would say I met some people either dating or just someone to make friends. It was a bit harder, I would say. Like, kind of to get past some point, to, like, get deeper. Um, yeah, and I would say, like, people that I met that have lived abroad, it's a bit easier to kind of, like, in terms of, like, also conversation and kind of, like, understanding each other, it's way easier to make friends.
1: Right, yeah, I think it's more about, like, the common interest that people have because, like, it's not that people that never lived abroad, like, don't like foreigners or something like that. But I think they're more self-conscious, too, like, about their English ability or, like, oh, I'm going to be able to communicate with the foreigners or, like, they also expect us to know a little bit more about the culture or, like, behave in a way that it's more, like, natural to them and we're not used to that. So I think that's why, like, naturally, people that have been abroad or have those interest in meeting foreigners um, seek also activities where you can, like, you know. So even, like, on apps and stuff, it will, on Meetup, the majority of people you meet is, like, either someone that just travel abroad on tourism or have been an exchange student or something like that. But I feel like it's harder to just, like, approach Koreans that never left Korea.
0: Mm-hmm. And maybe going, like, a a bit deeper on the topic of dating Koreans, how is it? Because I've heard a lot of opinions from people and... <laughs> It's not always the best experience sometimes. So how do you feel that?
1: I mean, for for me, it's hard to, to say fully because, um <laughs> yeah, I do date a Korean, question mark, because uh, my boyfriend is, he was born here, but he lived in the U.S. for most of his life. And now, like, he came back to Korea. So... Culturally backgrounds like uh, his background he's Korean, but like he's so used to like the American way as well, right? So he behaves both ways. So he's more like in the category we're talking now, like Koreans that lived abroad. So I can't <laughs> say much. Um, for like I don't think I, I ever dated a Korean that doesn't have any experience like yeah, with like English or living elsewhere. But I think it could be a little bit challenging, especially for me. I really like being able to communicate with the person I'm dating, so... I
0: mean, normal, no? it's normal. I, that's what I thought, <laughs> but that's not true. Like uh-huh. a lot
1: of, uh, at least like verbally communicating, yeah. because like, I feel that I met a lot of people that they were actually married to Koreans mm-hmm. and they don't have a common language. Wow. And I, for me, that was always very strange. I'm like, how we do you get that is to marry a process, person, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I was like, but... Because, I mean, okay, it's fine. You like each other, you get married and stuff. But, like... You have to talk about serious things at one point or another, right? Like financially, or like how we're going with our lives, or like do we have, we want to have children or not, and stuff like this. <laughs> it's like Graciela. I don't know. Yeah, know. for me, it's, it's very interesting and impressive that people yeah. manage to hold like really strong relationships like that. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I would say it is. It is kind of interesting because I think Koreans that don't have much experience with foreigners, they have this weird expectation of, like, how you will be, I think, when, mm-hmm. when you meet up with them. And, like, when they realize you're not, like, one of those, like, f- I don't know, like, uh, someone from American movie or something, I think it's kind of like you have a weird <laughs> expectation. <laughs> and then when you're not, like, super, like, uh, touchy or flirty or, like, whatever, they get really, like, kind of disappointed. And you're like, oh. So <laughs> it is, it is kind of weird. I would say yeah. When when I did meet people that have kind of like uh, had more experience with foreigners, it was it was better. But like I think people that don't really know, um, it it's never really bad. But it's just kind of like you feel like there's some kind of expectation of like how how you will be when you meet up, and then you kind of see that like it's not matching to like your personality. So hmm.
1: yeah. yeah, I think uh, people also need to be really open, like to understand the other culture and um, this is, like, gonna be an eternal struggle of, like, international couples, I think. But, yeah, I hear a lot about this, you know, like, oh, like, my Korean, like, husband or, like, my Korean wife, they do things this that way, like, why do they do this, you know? <laughs> and that's just, like, how Koreans are used to do it and I bet that they also feel, like, very annoyed by many other things that we do as foreigners, probably, like, sorting trash is one of them. <laughs> and... <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh
0: uh-huh. maybe one of the last questions, uh, could you recommend some basic apps that everyone should have when coming here? Uh, also maybe mentioning like this difference between neighbor map and Google Maps and Cacao and mm-hmm. Map and blah 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 map.
1: Mm-hmm. Hang on, let me let me check in my apps. Mm-hmm. Like definitely number one is cacao talk. I don't think you can yeah. communicate yeah. anywhere, yeah, not even business wise yeah. without cacao. Cacao so. taxi as well. Cacao taxi, but that one
3: you need. Ah, we separate if you need air? Yeah, we have to yeah. separate in two mm. blocks. You can pay in by cash, but actually,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, Uber also works Uber here. Works. Yeah, it's it's connecting to like the the local taxis, so it's not yeah. like Uber brand, but I use it here.
1: Right. Mm. Yeah, they, like but when you log in into Uber here, I don't know if it's different if you have an international phone number, but if you have a Korean one, it changes into a different app completely. Oh, really? It's called U T. Like it's just Uber Taxi, yeah, but like yeah, the it's, logo it's the same, changes, the everything same. changes, so yeah, it's not, not the same yeah. environment. Uh-huh. Um, I did try to use that twice, but I was never able to match with a cab, so I gave uh. up. <laughs> I I use um just regular Kakao taxi. But Okay, so about the <laughs> maps, I think this is more of, like, a preference kind of thing. And there is the Team Kakao, Team yeah. Neighbor. Mm-hmm. I'm Team Neighbor, I'm sorry. I, I don't know
0: who so. could be Team Kakao, exactly. so you
1: say. I think it's, like,
2: our the, the t- app Our coworker is
0: Team Kakao. How is that possible? Because
2: I think it's, like, the the one you decide when you, when you land in Korea. That's the one you're stuck with, yeah, like, because, because you save everything there and, like, you're already used to it, so, like, you cannot leave.
3: Uh-huh. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I'm Team Neighbor, too. And then there is the the Korean subway map app they also released a new version now that is more foreigner friendly mm. and it shows like a lot of um, events around town and stuff like this so it's pretty cool um, if you do have an alien car coupon for sure like you <laughs> yeah. never live without it but if you don't have an alien car then maybe that's what you guys could have done is use G market because uh-huh. uh, G market is like they have a global version, so you can use, like, foreigner card, and they oh. still deliver it to Korea. Okay. That's what saved me in the beginning because I didn't know how to how I could order things online. And they also have the system where they, when you create your account, it generates, like, a kind of like a virtual bank account for you. So if you deposit money into that account, you can use it to pay stuff oh, inside the app. that's cool. Yeah, so it kind of helps. It saved me a lot in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And if you have ARC and you wanna do shopping,
2: Ebbly or stuff, <laughs> pretty good mm-hmm. like shopping with like apps.
0: Okay, and some like K beauty brands that you wanna recommend or places, mm-hmm. like any last tips to finish.
1: If you're curious about K beauty as well, <laughs> just you can use Picky. <laughs> <and> of
0: course.
3: <laughs>
0: and maybe any other tip that could be from anything. Could it could be, like, behavior-wise, or...
1: If you plan to stay in Korea long-term, like, long-term being more than four years, I think, um, definitely apply for the KIIP course. That's the government Korean lesson. Uh, it was originally made for, like, people that are going to get married to a Korean or get a Korean citizenship. But I think it's really, really useful The The beginning course, like one, it has five levels. So, from level one to four, it's more Korean language. Mm -hmm. And then level five is about Korean society. But overall, like the way that they teach and like the subjects and stuff are much more catered towards daily life than the courses they're going to get in university. They're like much more academic. So, you're going to learn like reading and writing really difficult stuff mm. but then it's very hard for you to communicate like and speak like you know basic things mm. so definitely do that it's free as well so why not
0: nice. <laughs> okay and you yeah
2: so. i would say also about the language because i've been here for a year but i would say i i haven't really used korean much i kind of like avoided it but i do think like if you want to come here and stay like using the language as much as you can is like the best thing you can do. Mm -hmm. So I'm also going to take the tip for myself (laughs) and start like (laughs) speaking more (laughs) and practicing more Korean.
0: Okay, cool. Well, Carol and Sharon, thank you so much for coming. It was a really nice episode. It was really different from what we usually do here, but I think it's going to be really fun and useful for people who want to move here. I would have loved to listen to something like that. So, yeah, it was really useful. Thank you.
3: Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, guys, for having us.
0: us. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. Bye.